0: Baby, we in here. Yeah, we in here. We been y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Yeah. Black versus the Board of Education. That's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. You know what? I was scared. <laughs> We're gonna run it back one more again. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss laureen and I welcome you into this space. Ooh, y'all! It almost took me out. Technical difficulties at the top of the hour on a Monday. On a Monday. (laughs) Nah, we can't do it. We can't do it. So Exactly. Exactly how I was feeling. Absolutely. Uh, But welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, We have a lot to talk about. The episode today is called Run That Back. We are talking reparations once again because there was a whole firestorm that took place on Wednesday and we want to address it. But before we get into that conversation, you know how I do. I like to go around the room and let you know who's in the building. So we're going to start today with Miss. Anaya, we'll pull Anaya up because she's been waiting very, very patiently for us to get our act together. Come on, Anaya, come on off me. <laughs> hey, everyone, my name
1: is Anaya, and I'm currently a senior in high school. Happy to be back.
0: Well, welcome back. We appreciate you. Where's Adrian?
2: Hi, everyone. Adrian, currently a college student uh second time doing this so looking forward to it
0: (laughs) well welcome back to the party sir because you know we can't stop won't stop uh they tried to get rid of us you heard him heard it say can't get rid of us now (laughs) they wish they could uh where's jalen come on jalen hey jalen say Uh, hey
3: hello uh my name is jalen i am a uh college student in this california area
0: california area (laughs) we're back to do this okay all right miss Keela. hey it's your girl Keela. um college student Oh, okay where? that was the, i ain't telling you she's in the region Remember? I'm oh in yeah, the the region. Region. yeah the california region uh miss <laughs> jada hey oh, hey my name is jada i am a,
4: currently a homeschool senior here in the sacramento area and it's got to be back you
0: know? fantastic <laughs> and where is the the lady uh who's holding up the rear today miss uh, melissa where's melissa at come on and introduce yourself love book
5: Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and I am a junior in Southern California.
0: Well, welcome back to the party, y'all. Um, it started a little rough. You know, sometimes you got to start over and, you know, that's all right. Aaliyah said, "Pick, pick dust yourself off and try again. Yeah.
6: <laughs> so we're
0: just trying again. We're just yeah. going to make it happen. Um, but, you know, we're talking about reparations today. And, you know, we we did have a conversation about reparations before. Um, This was with the chair of the reparations task force, and we were able to ask some questions and try to get into the discussion, um, get out of it what we wanted to know. And so this time, as we run it back, right, um, there was an incident, not an incident, there was a a press release that was released on Wednesday, I want to say, and this was after San Francisco had said that um, they would kind of consider reparations proposals that would propose $5 million for every Black person, and I, I I need to go find the criteria, so give me a moment, but uh, $5 million for every Black person, and you had uh, one of the... I want to say he was one of the leaders of the NAACP in San Francisco mm-hmm. that yeah. rejected that. Now, after that, he did come out and clarify his stance, and I want to read that for you really quickly. Um, let's see. I just, So, I, what'd you say, Jaylen? I just... So let me read his clarification. He said, um, <laughs> mogul domination said on Twitter said, we just spoke with Dr. Amos Brown to clarify that San Francisco NAACP's press release. Number one, he is not against direct cash reparations, but wants that and more Two. he doesn't want to set black Americans up for failure and says that we need realistic proposals. Five million is an unrealistic number. Um, now this is where i'm at with it who is he to say that it's an unrealistic number i don't know if y'all have seen the housing prices in san francisco crazy insane <laughs> crazy. Um, For i don't know um, For Little cottages exactly uh what he considers realistic but the point is to really tackle the um well, the death the uh, data, the uh, racial wealth gap, right? And you cannot do that with a hundred thousand dollars because you can't even buy anything for that in San Francisco. So what is a realistic number? Um, so you guys got it in the group chat, mm-hmm. and I know I sent it because I said, this is what we talking about on Monday. Get ready. So Melissa, when I sent it in the group chat, what was your first reaction to? Let's talk about the press release that was released first. what What was your reaction to that?
1: I have
5: lots of different reactions and thoughts, a lot of which I don't don't really know how to feel because like you said, what is a realistic number? But at the same time, reparations is also more than just money because we have been historically set back more than just the racial wealth gap. So there's a lot of other components. If it is going to be that $5 million, what else? Because that isn't going to just make people make black people happy and make black people be quiet and no longer complain because it goes farther than that so if his point what to rejecting the five million was that and I saw like the list of things was that he was calling the community to do the list of like how five things there needs to be more because it is those five things but it is also the money because there's just a lot of different components so I feel like there was some symbolism there that it is deeper than just money, but at the same time, money is also
0: going to be very
5: beneficial.
0: Right. Jalen, what do you what were your thoughts on the it and was... I'll and I'll read the press release after you're done, okay. after I go around around, just so we can kind of gauge where you guys are at. So yeah. go ahead.
3: I just think it was just like Melissa, it was weird, it's just because, like, first of all. I, like I understand the five mil and then it was just like, it was a whole lot in that, in that. And then also doing other research and then also like getting the other things that they were asking for in that press release. I mean, and the thing was like um, San Francisco, they want the black, uh, they want them to give black people housing for a dollar for per family, like just on top of things like that. And I was just like, well, it already is expensive in San Francisco as it is in that whole little area in like If you're going to give him, like you said, a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, that's not going to do anything there. So, and I just don't think that he did it the right way because he didn't even give his stance with the press release. He just said, I reject it and didn't even give like extra reasons why. Really? Hmm.
0: So let me just go through it really quick just so everybody who may be listening and don't know exactly what we're referring to like I said this this conversation is called run that back because we've done a reparations conversation before but we wanted to revisit this idea of reparations so the problem that I had with this press release and the person that put it out he's also on the California task force for reparations okay and so when you come out with a press release and you say we reject it Um, I'm wondering what his stance is for the Cal or what his um, input is on the California task force and not just the city of San Francisco. So it says San Francisco rejects $5 million reparation payment to blacks calls for reparations to focus on investments and opportunities in key five areas at the Board of Supervisors meeting on reparations today. The San Francisco NAACP today called upon the Board of Supervisors to reject a one-time $5 million reparation payment to Blacks, but instead called upon the city to make investments in five key areas to atone for a history of racism, discrimination, and mistreatment. The Reverend Amos Brown today said that the Board of Supervisors, which is holding a hearing today at 3, uh, should redirect its focus on providing five key elements as part of reparations, education, Jobs, housing, healthcare, and cultural center for Blacks in San Francisco. We strongly believe that creating and funding programs that can improve the lives of those who have been impacted by racism and discrimination is the best path forward towards equality and justice. He called upon the city to um, one, invest in education, two, economic empowerment, three, housing, healthcare, and then a Fillmore Heritage Center. Okay, so this is, this is my thing.
3: Why can they do all
0: of them? The, this is my thing. So that's a the is issue in okay. California has always been Prop 209. Prop 209 prohibits discrimination. And basically, this is how they got around really investing in education for Black students who are at the bottom, the lowest performing subgroup. Um, this is how they kind of um, got around actually investing in the problem. They will say, well, we're in California. We can't discriminate. So putting that language in there, Reverend Dr. Amos Brown and saying, "Okay, we want you to do this for blacks. This is just another, in my opinion, dog whistle, because they really don't want to do anything for blacks specifically here in California. That is my opinion. Um, And so when you start to talk about housing and education and all that, those are all social programs that they could do right now if they had the will to do that. So why would it that then be um, adequate, right? In forms of reparation, reparations is an atonement for a debt owed because the work has already been done, right? So I need y'all to think about that in terms of he's saying, no, no, we wanted to go into education. Well, they if they had the will, they could do that already because black students are the lowest performing subgroups. Or economic empowerment. Now, they have things out here where, say, for small businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Black, Black people who have small businesses, 90-something percent of Black businesses are, are, are micro-businesses, which means they have one employee, which is the owner. If they wanted to invest their small business monies, they could do that now. So why is this being injected into the reparations conversation as if it's adequate? To really kind of tackle some of the things that we're dealing with. And why does that have to come out of any money that they're promising us for a debt that's owed, by the way? Why does that have to come out of anything that they owe to us to then be able to say, okay, well, we're going to put this in and we're going to make it for Blacks. Blacks what? like blacks from America, like it has, is it right. a lineage thing? Like, what are yeah. we talking about? And so I want to be very, very clear. So Jada, when you hear the, the press conference or I'm sorry, the press release and the things that they're talking about, what are, what are your thoughts?
4: Well, my thoughts were, why did it like, okay, they're talking about all these things now, now that somebody had throw out had threw out a 5 million reparation payment, they're like, no, let's not do that. Let's do this instead. Why didn't you do before? Like, why did it take the mention of money for you guys to be like, no, forget the money. Let's do this. Y'all could have been done this. So it was just interesting. And you had made up a good point. It was like, who is it for? Because when you just say blacks, that's for everybody. You're talking about the immigrants that just came in here because they like to group us in that term African-American. But some of us are just ADOS, American descendants of slaves. And I think that reparations are specifically for American descendants of slaves. But when you just say blacks, that's just like anybody who's black come on in but that's not how it should be it should be for a specific group whose ancestors have paid their have whose ancestors have a no whose ancestors gosh i don't know how to put this i'm just have the work yes whose ancestors did the work thank you <laughs> okay. simpler built the
0: country for free
4: but it was also interesting <laughs> on how he like went in to describe these like five separate things like oh invest in education black students don't perform as well as their peers For some reason, it just took. It was very demeaning. I don't Mm. know why I took that very demeaning. Like it was our fault. Like we chose to put ourselves at the bottom. Mm. And I was like, "Well, whose fault is that? Like, let's be for real." So it that was weird. I'm not gonna hold you. I read that with a side eye because it was very confusing.
0: But then when they were talking, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Let me go to Adrian. Okay. Adrian, when when you looked at this, what were your first thoughts?
2: Uh, when I first read it, I was confused because this is stuff that should have been advocated before years ago. I mean,
0: mm.
2: why is it just coming up now? We should have had this during, when the civil rights movement was over. Ooh, and right. so I, I also get confused when he says five million dollars is unrealistic to me. That's not enough, ooh, considering ooh. how much, like, <clears throat> considering how much our ancestors worked and how much money they made for their slave owners. Mm. That 5 million is nothing compared to how much work they did.
0: And some of them sacrificed their lives, which is priceless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's keep it a buck. Yeah. Hila, um, what do you thought?
4: When I was doing some research, kind of to piggyback what Adrian was saying, like 5 million isn't enough. Literally, I was reading and it says that um, 97,000 per year slavery
0: for 250 years. Mm. So what's 5 million from that? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think. That people really have an idea. So when we talk about reparations, you know, I keep hearing this the same mantra. Well, nobody alive today. Yeah, that's their best. You know, Mm -hmm. favorite argument went through slavery. Went through slavery. Mm -hmm. Well, but they still benefited from it because that money was passed down through generations. So let's keep it real. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not just for slavery, it's also for something called accrued disadvantage, right? So not only slavery, you had Jim Crow laws which I believe they're trying to reinstate
3: in Mississippi Mm -hmm.
0: two separate you know court systems Mm -hmm. okay so you have um the black codes right you had convict Mm -hmm. leasing you had redlining Mm -hmm. you had you know
5: gentrification
0: gentrification pushing people out of San Francisco no five million is not enough I think it's a great starting point right I think it's it's a great I, I I like the whole property for a dollar but are you putting people out of properties that they amassed since they kicked all the folks out or are they going to have to find places where are they going to be relegated to tiny homes like those are the dollar homes like what are we talking about and is it going to be comparable to what was lost right Mm -hmm. and so when you start hearing people talk about things the way that they do and they like black folks are complaining right because that's what you will hear out in yep. the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Black folks are complaining. Black folks aren't aren't owed anything. And I think I see our guest that just came in the building. So we want to make sure we get Mr. Lodgson into the conversation. Um, you know, we done started without you, sorry.
6: yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Go ahead and introduce. yourself. yo?
6: I, <laughs> hey, yo, and part me, part my, part my background, and part of you hear a little noise. I'm actually at Access Sacramento right now. Just finished the Tamaya Gang show, talking about California reparations, which I know we're gonna talk about today. So, so I appreciate y'all for having me. Good to see everybody. Good to hear everybody. I was loving the discussion as I was coming in, so. So please, please continue, because I I love everything I was hearing. Just real quick, though, Chris Larson, CJC Coalition for Just and Equitable California. Uh, We are California's first and only organization born just for reparations. That's all we do. And we are working right now to make people know about what's going on here in California per California reparations and also help people get involved, especially our young people.
0: Well, we're, we're absolutely glad that you, you fell into the building because I, I was just about to get on my soapbox. But since you're here, I want to hear directly from you because I know that you've been at all of the town halls, that you guys are um, doing something with the media, um, making sure it's covered. You're introducing people to the reparations task force members. Um, talk about the process that you guys have been going through as you're kind of wading through the waters. And then I know there's some drama that kicked off last week. So I want to talk about the OMB as well. Uh, (laughs) So let's start with- There's
6: always some drama. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, so, and and for for those who don't know, California really is still- from what we can tell the first state to have a state-level task force or really a group of people. Let's just break it down into regular words, right? A task force is just a group of people who have a job to do. And this group of people has to create a reparations plan for Black Americans who descend from U.S. slavery here in the state of California, among other things. They have to do two other things, too. They have to study reparations with a specific focus on what California's role was with slavery and what the, and what came after slavery a lot of people don't know there was slavery in California California was not a free state California was not a state that that came into the union with no slavery there was slavery here in in California and so one of the things that the t- that the state task force or group of people has to do is study reparations with a particular and specific focus on what California's responsibility is And then also educate the public, educate the people about what it learns, in addition to creating a reparations plan. This group of people that we call a task force, they're going around from city to city here in California and holding public hearings. As a matter of fact, the next public hearings are in a week or so from now, March 29th and March 30th, right here in Sacramento, downtown at the EPA building on I Street, 1001 I Street. And these public hearings are for you and me and members of the public to tell the task force what we want in the reparations plan. And that's one of the things that the task force is doing is they're developing a reparations plan. That plan is gonna come out no later than July 1st of this summer, so in a few months. And this is part of the process, and this is part of the process that the task force has been, has been doing, and this is to your question, going from city to city, hearing from the people, hearing from the public, going to different communities. Our organization, CJEC, also does reparations Q&As. I know we're going to be doing one soon. Actually, later on this week, we'll be with we'll BYLP. So make sure y'all come out this this week right here, um, Saturday the 24th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Um, at the offices of BYLP and Elk Grove so that you could ask your questions and and get your questions answered about California reparations. So the task force is also working with organizations like ours to do these kind of things. They also are working with organizations to do what they call listening sessions, which is where people come and just talk to the task force members about what their story is, what happened to them, what their experience is. And this is part of the process and this, this is how the task force is developing the reparations plan. There's more to come after the plan, but I will stop there.
0: Okay. And so I'm hoping that you guys just heard him say that the task force is meeting on the 29th and the 30th. Um, and I'm hoping that y'all will go represent and go make yourselves uh, known at the, at the meeting. I wrote um, it down. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I think that they need to hear more from you all. Um, I think that they hear from the older folks, um, but I think you all should have a specific input because you are actually in these facilities or on these campuses and you see what's happening with students who look like you, you can feel the difference in the way that you all are treated and only you can communicate your story. Um, And so, Chris, you know, um, I've been watching, you know, I always watch, I always read some stuff. And and so I heard a soundbite of you and you were talking to at the OMB meeting, I believe that's the Office of Management and Budget. And they were kind of getting on you because of the identity marker. So there were <laughs> there are a few names floating around, right? Uh, in the reparation space. You have the American descendants of slavery, you have the freedmen, you have um the uh foundational black Americans, you have the folks with uh um what uh the older folks, the the ones who uh
6: Negro. Well, Right. No, no, right.
0: I'm talking about <laughs> I know about nope. the Negro name. Uh, I'm right. about, you know, um, <laughs> the other folks who were doing reparations who said that, you know, they, they've they been doing this, they they own this space or something. Um, and they have their own way of saying that this should be um a reparation should be on a global scale. It, it should have mm, okay. an African lens to yep, it. Yep. um and I can't remember the name I want to call them narc for some reason, but it's
6: narc and, and Cobra
0: in Cobra. Yeah. 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 So you have that, that, that kind of faction over there who believe they should have a a component where it addresses, you know, from a Pan-African lens, all black people and everything that has done to black people. But could you explain very quickly why reparations in this country have to be for what happened to the people in this country?
6: Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's a great, that's a great question. And thank you for asking. And yeah, you know, in this work, in this, in this work, you know, there's, you know, not everybody's going to agree all the time. And I think that's fine. Right. And I think there's there's things that we do agree on. I think that's great the things that we don't agree. I think that's I think that's great, too. So what you are referring to is really the question about who is and who should be eligible for reparations in California. Now, the California Reparations Task Force has already answered that question. The mm-hmm. California Reparations Task Force said last year that those who would be eligible for reparations in California are, and I'm going to loosely quote here, the group that's eligible is defined by those African-Americans who are descendants of persons who were enslaved in the United States. So that is the right, that is the right people, and, and, that, and that is the right focus for who should be eligible for reparations in California. What we were doing and what the Office of Management and Budget was doing, which is a federal national organization, national agency, that really controls what you see on your U.S. census, And the question that the Office of Management and Budget has been asking really for the past six months, a little bit before then, but really for the past six months publicly, is how should the Office of Management and Budget change, if at all, what you get to select on the U.S. Census? And this is important to the reparations work because right now, at least outside of California, and really not yet in California, not yet, and I'll talk about why not yet in a second. But right now, we don't collect information at all on those who are descendants of U.S. slavery. And I want you to think about that for a minute. There's no city office you can walk into, no state office you can walk into, no county office you can walk into yet, here in California yet, but also outside of the country where you can say, just tell me how many people here, just tell me how many people here are descendants of U.S. slavery. That information does not exist. And that's a problem. And that's something that we've been working to fix for a long time. And part of what the U.S. Census, through the Office of Management and Budget, has been asking is how should we change the U.S. Census? And last week, there were a bunch of town halls where the where the OMB Office of Management and Budget was asking the public to tell them how they should change it. And and one thing I think to say is that everybody that called up did an amazing job really saying the same thing. Some people refer to this group of people as American descendants of slavery. Some people refer to this group of people as foundational Black Americans. Some people refer to this group as American freedmen. We're all talking about the same people, literally all talking about the same people we have different ways of of saying the same thing. The general point that we all made to the Office of Management and Budget last week was that you need to have a specific way of collecting information on those who are descendants of U.S. slavery because we built this country. We've been here 400 plus years. And as I said, if I could use... Uh, I'm not going to use a bad word, but I'm going to say it's a damn shame that we don't have a specific name and specific place for us in our government actually collecting information on that. That is a crime, and Absolutely. so, and then that, and that's part of part of what I added to my comments in the in the in the public town hall with the office of management and budget. Last thing to say is, you know, my recommendation to the office was create a specific category for those who are descendants of U.S. slavery. And I thought, and I still think the easiest way to make that clear and make that understandable to the most number of people is just to call that place african-american descendants of persons enslaved in the united states why because african american is already widely known you just have to qualify that and say descendants of persons enslaved in the united states that is the definition of american descendants of slavery that is the definition of american freedmen that is the definition of foundation of black americans we're all saying the same thing last last thing i'll say is Last year at the coalition, we wrote uh, a piece of legislation that the governor signed, called and it's section 14 of a bill called SB 189. And that bill will make California, starting in 2024, California will start finally to ask on its government employee forms to start, are you a descendant of US slavery? So -hmm. that's going to start happening here.
0: Nice. You said you had a question, Jalen. First of all, before you answer that, I want to know how you guys identify currently. Do you guys identify in in any other way? Jada, what do you identify as? Just black. Black? What about you? Black. Just black? Black ADOS. Black ADOS. Okay. Adrian, how do you identify? Black. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, how do you identify? Black. Okay. Anaya?
1: Um, I agree. I'd say black, African American, but I also realize like I when I, I introduce myself to other people, I'm not like, hey, I am an African American descendant of slavery. Although I know did I say that right? Although I know I am, I just I'm just black.
0: Mm. You yeah. heard from them.
6: Right, right. <laughs> and that's and that's and that's important as hell. And I I don't wanna and I I wanna just say one thing. I think that's important. I don't disagree. I identify when I'm talking to folks sometimes as black, sometimes it's African-American, sometimes it's American freedmen, sometimes it's American descent of slavery, sometimes it's, it's a foundation of black American. It depends on when I'm talking and who I'm talking to, but what we're talking about right now also is how our government sees us. Correct. Our government right now has a definition for all of us. It's called Black slash African American. That is how the def that is how the government sees all of us. And what we're telling the government is that's not good enough. Sometimes it's good, but it ain't good enough right now, especially when we're talking about reparations.
0: And they're not disaggregating that that category right. currently. That category right. covers all Black people. Right. <laughs> and everybody if you come from the continent of africa you are technically an african american for real although that name was was coined for the progeny of uh, those enslaved that's the name that has been they matter of fact they don't they call that what's that fool um elon musk they could say he's a, a african-american from south africa right? he
6: said something like that on twitter didn't he and, and i thought he was joking
0: He was joking. I
6: didn't know. I thought he was joking, right? And 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 now, but and this. So you raise another good, good, and important point. I think everybody here is saying something that's really important. Which is, and this is this was the point I was just making. It's how does our government define us, and so right now the government itself and you can just go on the website to the o m b or to the to the um to the census website and you can see right now the government has a definition of black slash African American first of all, the government doesn't see any difference between those two. So the government says a black American or somebody black is equal to African-American equal to somebody, you know, and, and that definition is anybody. I'm just, I'm giving you the exact definition, anyone with origins in the black racial groups of Africa, period. That's how it defined us right now. And that's not good enough. And that's what we're trying to change.
0: Yeah. And if you wonder, and I, I identify as ADOS or black as well. Uh, Jalen had a question. Come on, Jalen.
3: Yeah. So my question is if, if and when uh, reparations get passed, is there going to be any way to verify if they, if somebody is a descendant of a slave? Because that's what a brilliant question. Somebody from just saying that any black person that's saying, "Oh, well, I, I, I am," even though they aren't.
6: Mm. Yeah, so that's a good question. And the, the short answer is yes, there will be ways, and there are ways to make sure one that there's not fraud and people not lying about who they are. And, you know, and whether or not they are descendants of U.S. slavery and and there and there are and probably should be consequences for people who who do that. So, as I said before, the State Reparations Task Force, again, this group of people, they have already decided and said who will be eligible for reparations in California. They've defined it as African-Americans who are descendants of persons enslaved in the United States. You could uh, another way to say that is. Foundation of Black Americans. Another way to say that is American Freedmen. Another way to say that is American descendants of slavery. We're just sort of using different words to talk about the same people. I have been saying for a long time why but I... that
0: why why are there so many different names being thrown around in such a short span of time? Yeah, why is it that we have so many different? I mean, and I have my theories, but I'm gonna let you go ahead and explain it.
6: Yeah, um, yeah, it is. There's not one simple answer to it, it is it is complicated. Um, you know, I think it is partly because people have, you know, different preferences for what they want to identify themselves as. Some people, and, and we heard this in the in some of the public comments at the Office of Management Bub- Budget Public Town Halls last week. Some people don't like the word slavery anywhere near the, you know, sort of how they identify themselves. Some people don't like the fact that, you know, that that they have to take away Black. Some people don't like the word African anywhere in the way they identify themselves either. So there's there's multiple different reasons to it. You know, there's, there's also, you know, been some, you know, there's, and let's just keep it real, there's been disagreements among people about what the right way to describe ourselves is. And I, And as I was saying, I and I and I've been saying this for a long time now. I care less about the label and more about the definition and the description of the people who you're talking about. I've been saying this for a long time. This is why you don't see me in the, you know, the label gangbanging that be that be that be going on and sort of the set tripping and you. or oh, if you are you a you know, you know that's your set versus you the FBA set when when that's my we set. That's my when, set. right right when <laughs> literally we are literally describing the same exact people right? I mean, just some people have different preferences. Um, So, but it is, it is a a complicated, you know, you know, sort of set of, set of, set of answers. And to Jalen's really good question too here, uh, the the state reparations task force, as I said, has decided who who would be eligible. They have also recommended that the state creates something called the California African-American Freedmen Affairs Agency, or CAFA. And in that new agency, there will be sitting something called the Office of Genealogy. And that, I think, will be the place where we will have the answer to your question, Jalen. What types of records will, will folks need? And how do we make sure that people don't lie and then try to say that they are something that they are not? So I would say stay tuned for the detailed answer to that question. Okay.
0: And I think that wasn't there other criteria not just that um they be persons enslaved, but they would have to identify as uh, black or African American for a specific for for a specific amount of time, or is that was that for the federal um consideration
6: that is right now that is actually I've only seen something like that in the San Francisco plan. And so, and and it's important for folks. In, are, are yeah, yeah right on, right plan. on. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've I've only seen stuff around that for the San Francisco plan. And, okay. and so, you know, the the state of California has its own reparations group or task force. And then the different cities are working on specific stuff mm-hmm. for their cities too. So I've only seen that in what the cities have, or at least the city of San Francisco has done. the mm-hmm. The only other thing to say is. Um, If you read the book called From Here to Equality by Dr. William Sandy Darity Jr., one of and who, who has been doing a bunch of great work on reparations for a long time now, he's actually one of the economic advisors to the reparations task force in California. He recommends in his knowledge that one of the requirements be that you have to have Self-identified as Black or African American on some government forms for at least a number of years, and then also be a descendant of U.S. slave. Now, there are some, and and this is public. You know, we've we've discussed this with folks publicly and privately. There are some challenges with that too. Um, one because, uh, well, there's there's two big challenges with with that too. Well, at least that first part, right, the self-identification part. Actually, part of part of the answer. And part of one of the challenges is what Jalen just sort of brought up too, which is that you are self-identifying. So people can self-identify any way that they want, right? That's the first thing. But the second thing is some, for example, on birth certificates here in California, there was a time where where your race was removed from your yep. birth certificate. I don't think so, I have
0: one on my birth certificate. Right.
6: Right. And so if we use so if that's part of how you need to be shown that you are eligible, that's going to raise challenges. But the big challenge, the real big challenge is the law and our Constitution. And y'all very smart people. Y'all know the law is different from the Constitution. Actually, the Constitution, you could think of as in charge of our laws. So you can't make laws that go against the Constitution or else we call that unconstitutional. So. In our constitution and in our laws too, here in California, we cannot by law and by constitution do things based on race. We can't make programs, government policies, give government money for a particular group because of their race. We Even can't do though that.
0: They already do that, but we won't blow the whistle.
6: You can't <laughs> do it saying it openly, right? Oh, you yes, so right. Don't you don't can't do it, it. say it like so yeah. like yeah, like if so, you know, like if I, if if we were to say reparations are for those who self-identify as black for a number of years, period. So just check a box saying you black and show that you have self-identified as black. That will almost certainly, usually, be illegal, be against our constitution because of what our constitution and our laws say. So there's some there's some problems with that too.
0: Yeah, uh, Melissa.
5: So I wanted to circle back to a question that you asked earlier, Miss Lorraine, about why we think the different names like Black, African-American, ADOS are used. I think, and I totally agree with what you were saying earlier, I also think that there is, at least from my standpoint and relating it back to some of my, um, just to some things that I have noticed, I think it's, to, or at least the effect of it has divided us, because like you said, they're all describing the same things, but there is also the fighting between the groups saying, well, no, we deserve it more than you deserve it. We deserve it more. And I think it relates back to like, to even within the black community aside from the names, but like even the way that we describe each other and our skin colors, light skin, brown skin, dark skin, like all of that. And that relates back to colorism, which started with, with, uh, mm-hmm. with in slavery and the house slaves and the field slaves. I feel like it's, again, another form to divide us so we aren't united to actually get what we need to get the reparations and to get what needs to be done, done. That's just an observation that I made.
0: Well, and I, I think that there's another part to that. I think this is my opinion. I think some, sometimes we don't have enough people willing to be second. Everybody has to be the boss. And so sometimes when you have one faction doing this and someone disagrees, they'd be like, well, bump that, I'm going to start my own. And then somebody disagrees out of that faction and then somebody else starts their own. So without being united under one cause, one leadership, one ideology of how to move forward, you will always have the divisions because there's other people who think they're going to do it better. But then they start to encounter the same type of things that other leader had because nobody wants to be second. Everybody wants to be first. And so a lot of times that's what happens. It happens here in the nonprofit world, too. We got too many people want to be the boss and nobody wants to be a nevertheless. I got that from Pastor Omar Tebow. I'm just shouting him out. Uh, (laughs) everybody wants to be the boss, nobody wants to be a nevertheless, meaning whatever vision you have as the boss, I'm gonna support it, and I'm gonna support it wholeheartedly instead of poking holes in the boat while you're trying to row. Mm -hmm. So I think that's we're seeing a lot of that um that type of ideology permeating, not just with the reparations conversation, it's in the nonprofit world, it's in the the corporate sector, right? You and it it just keeps going because everybody at some point, is gonna have to humble themselves and realize. Well, you may be a boss in this area, but when you come over to here, you gonna to have to be a nevertheless, and you gonna have to follow somebody's leadership. And I think that's where we get it wrong. Anaya, what do you think?
1: Um, I agree, but I wanted to make a point. Going on, someone mentioned how you would identify everyone like accurately. And I was wondering the same thing because a lot of records of people who were enslaved are lost. So I'm like, how do you make sure the right people are getting their reparations? That was my thing. Mm.
6: That's a great question. Great question. Yeah, that, that is that is a great question. And that is something that I know for a fact that the State Reparations Task Force has been thinking hard about working first and, and at least up until this point to get the thoughts and ideas of genealogists. And these are people who who do this work every single day, whose job it is every day to help people demonstrate and show where their family came from. And I think the answer to the question really is about how, how we design the process for demonstrating that you are eligible for reparations. You can design it in a way that's easy, in effect, too easy. You can also design it in a way that's too hard. And this is, and I want to bring your question, Anaya, and Jalen's question together, because I think they're very smart and very related. You can, it's really about how we design the process. And and we, the process has not been designed yet. So we have really time now to make sure that we hear all of the things that we think could go wrong and then make sure that we design it in a way that that stuff is not in there. Jalen's part, Jalen's question was sort of on the one side, you know, it, what if we make it too easy? Because then people could sort of cheat it, mm-hmm. right? But then the, your your, the, your question is about, well, what if it's too hard, right? I mean, because, you know, the records are gone, right? And so so what if it's too hard? And I think what we're going to have to do is design something that is somewhere in the middle where, where where it's not so easy to to cheat it, but it's not so hard that people can't do it and i think that's what we're going to end up with in the end but that is i think what we have to do now we have to design it in a way that i think is 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 smart and simple and also takes into account what you all already and have you know have been saying that we have been done wrong as a people part of what reparations is about is about repair it's not our fault that ain't no records or, or uh, ain't enough records for who we are as a people. That was part of the breaking of us. That's part of how we got broken. And this is to the to the last part and point that we were just talking about. This is partly why you don't see me in the you know label gangbanging. Why I'm this label versus I'm that label. I really am you know I'm really focused on the people and the description of the people that we are talking about because we're all talking about the same people. It's not our fault that we're going through this. I don't want to call it an identity crisis. But we're, we're we're going through something as a people right now where we're trying to define who we are to us, yeah. and that's important for us as a people to do. And that actually, generally speaking, can be healthy, even though it's messy and and yeah, it gets hostile some 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 sometimes. And like I said, I don't you know I don't really participate in the you know I'm this label set versus that label set because we're all talking about the same people. But this is part of what we're trying to fix.
0: Yeah. And I think that the fact that you're having to go through genealogy records should already be a, a clue that you probably didn't people that you're looking for. <laughs> um, there's a, there's actually a site that I've been on. It's called familysearch.com. You or I'm sorry, familysearch.org. You can start to look up your family tree on there hey, Jubilee. Uh You can start to look up your family tree. And I know I had to stop because I was getting very frustrated and it's very frustrating because the census data or however they kept records before, what they started to do is they started to um, kind of um, spell, like, I don't know if they were illiterate or whatever, but people would spell their name differently. Mm-hmm. And so my grand, my great grandmother, um, her name is spelled three or four different type of ways. And I had to go on. Um, three or four different type of searches to get to who her parents were and who, oh, wow. and it gets really, really frustrating. And it's just like, you're a lost people and you're trying to put the pieces together. And unless you have the names of the people that you're looking for, it gets really, really hard to kind of piece it, piece it together. And if you are in that situation where, and I keep seeing there's, there's different folks from say different places um, in on the continent that say oh well the difference between us and black americans is we know where we came from well then that that should also be the difference in us getting reparations mm-hmm. right because you right. know who your people are mm-hmm. i'm still trying to figure it out and it was based on what happened and what took place in this country so it's it's just very interesting that um we're still having this conversation and people are still not clear why this specific group of people are owed a debt or a debt is owed to this specific group of people whose Mm. ancestors built this country without wages and i don't know have you guys been to the african-american museum over in the smithsonian we're gonna have to take a trip (laughs) you and anaya it's 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 mind-blowing right it's mind-blowing because you look around and you see like all these different um plaques of information and and you know you see these um models of how they loaded people as cargo and made the the trek over here and then you started reading about the stuff that they would do in the slave quarters right and you're just reading this stuff and then you hear all these um vignettes these audio vignettes of people telling you about the what their life was like during this time mm. and i remember just sitting there and in, in crying right because it's like you cannot imagine the torture that people went through and you're still playing stupid you mm-hmm. have a whole damn museum if you don't know nothing go learn something there's a whole museum there and people still feign ignorance mm. like it, it's just mind-boggling it's mind-boggling um And so, Chris, you're going to be here on Saturday. Um, That's right. That's right.
6: Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I'm looking forward to it.
0: We're looking forward to uh, hosting you in this space. We will be putting up a RSVP link because, you know, although we do have an office space, I don't know how many people this may attract and we want to know who we have in here. Uh, So we are going to put up a link for folks to join um, in person, but we will also do a virtual link. For those who cannot be in the building on that day, but want to come and join us virtually, we will have that capability up as well. So what can we look forward to on Saturday? And I'm going to let my young people jump in here because it's not for me to just talk. Uh, (laughs) What are you all looking? Let me let me ask them first. uh, What are you guys looking forward to hearing about um, this Saturday? What are you what are you? trying to get more clear on because we still ain't got to San Francisco and I got to circle back to that cuz we got run that back. Um I just wh-
3: think for me it would just be hearing other people's opinions to my to my first question just how what are some ways that we could eliminate the oh I'm black so I think I should get reparations.
0: You mean for people who are not from here? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the the general the flat blackness is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say okay, too. Okay. So you were going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Adrian, what do you think? What are you looking forward to hearing about Saturday?
2: Uh, cause I had one question that was pending that I was going to ask on Saturday. Okay. was, uh, why does reparations have to start and end with slavery? Because from my personal opinion, I think my grandparents who went through segregation should have reparations. And all the people who had to dealt with laws keeping them under, I think they deserve reparations. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to figure out, uh, who is a descendant of slaves, why not just have descendants of slaves and, you know, descendants of people who went through that segregation.
0: And and I think that that's what it is. So it's, uh, slavery is not the end all be all. That is the, the beginning. That is how, mm-hmm. because everything that came after slavery is still a function of that, that system. So it's not just slavery. It's the accrued disadvantage. We talked about redlining. We talked about convict leasing, the Black Codes. Um, we've talked about gentrification. gentrification for J- Jalen keeps throwing that in there. Um, it's a good word. <laughs> that's a good word. It's a good word. <laughs> so it's not just about the institution of slavery. It's the institution of slavery and everything that came out of it from this people who can trace their lineage back to the institution of slavery. Yeah. Um, Melissa, uh, even if you join in virtually, what are you looking forward to hearing about?
5: I think accountability. Just accountability, it's a very broad term, but accountability just for everyone. Accountability for the people who um, have caused reparations to even need to be a thing, but also accountability for, we've also talked about people who may try and claim reparations when that, by definition, is not for them. Accountability just for everyone.
0: Hanaya. Mm. anaya so
1: i think the biggest thing i'm looking forward to is i say i'm pretty well educated on the subject but i'm looking forward to be educated more like during this podcast i've learned more than i have known before and i'm also looking forward to hearing everyone's opinions and their
0: stances on what they think I'm, I'm waiting to hear those stories um, that people, that Chris was talking about. You said that there were some listening sessions and there were some stories that people yeah. were relaying. I'm interested in hearing those because I can tell yeah. you some on the education side of it. Um, but in terms of the other um, industries or the other groups of folks out there from the workforce to um, anything else, like, that's not my wheelhouse, but I can definitely tell you on the education side, what's been going on with specifically uh, children who descend from slaves Sla- yeah. slavery. I can absolutely qualify that. Um, yeah. I, you, I was we- just going to say more like, I've I'm kind of opposite of an Like I know little, so
4: like all of this today has been like, not overwhelming, but definitely very educational. So I'm
0: definitely looking forward to like just learning Kind of like everybody said, just everything. Okay. More like, well, we gonna have to send you back to that first podcast, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I was like, I wasn't. In this
6: I'm like, that
1: first one. Was I'm big. like,
0: well, this is crazy. Like I'm listening to everything, and I'm like, oh my god. yeah, oh my god. You hear
6: it, Chris? <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. I'm 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 loving everything I hear, and, and everything that you're looking forward to is what you're gonna get. And what we're doing this Saturday, again, this Saturday, March 25th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the offices of BYLP and Grow. What what we're looking forward to to providing for people and, and actually being able to do for folks is exactly what you said. So normally, what we what we do is first give folks a what what we call a California Reparations 101. So we help folks understand first what we mean by the word reparations specifically as it is connected to the California Reparations Task Force because the California Reparations Task Force or group of people, they have a specific way that they're talking about what reparations means. And so we we want you to understand what they mean when they say that word. But we also want to hear from you what you think that word means and what that word means to you. So California Reparations 101 where we help to define and understand what the word reparations means also and this is important what does reparations not mean so what is not reparations Uh, There's, there's there's reparation and then there's things that's not reparations so we make that clear too then we give you the basics of the california reparations task force itself so you know how did it get started who's on it what do they have to do when do they have to do it by what happens next When can people expect to see and hear and actually feel some actual change, actually get some reparations? That's the basics. And then we answer every single and any question that you have and, and hear any thoughts that you have about what you what you heard. And, and that's really what we're gonna do and what folks should expect on Saturday again. Saturday, March 25th. this coming Saturday right now, 4 p.m. this you me 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. The, that's all right. I love all right, it. you already know. Be there, all right, yeah, be yeah. there. It's free, open to the public. Be there this Saturday right here. Get your questions answered. If you be in person, or as we as we as we just said, there's a virtual link coming for you too. Make sure you there this is a time to be a part of the process this is a time to be a part of the fight this is a time to be this is actually a time to get involved because the task force is working right now on the reparations plan so they need to know from us like what should be in that plan what okay. should not be in that plan etc
3: and then my last question was uh i remember the first time we, we had the pocket the reparations podcast you said that it was a two-year plan right. isn't in that technique are we in the second year
6: yet We are. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the reparations task force by law is required to finish their work and be done, at least with the plan for reparations, no later than July 1st of this year. So no later than July 1st. So we got a few more months before the plan. Now, there's stuff that comes after the plan, though. We could definitely talk about that, too. But yes, absolutely. Two years.
0: And so before you get out of here, because I know I keep saying we're going to talk about San Francisco and you were talking about what reparations is and what it isn't. And I found the press release that was um, released uh, by the San Francisco NAACP. um, I found that very interesting uh, because everything in his five points for me is something that they can do right now without attaching it to a so-called reparations plan. Um, And I know that he is one of the members of the task force. Um, So what has been, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, What has been the general task force response to that press release? And I know it was walked back a little bit, um, but what was the initial response uh, that you were hearing? Because you were probably seeing what I was seeing on Twitter on Wednesday (laughs) night.
6: Twitter was on fire, b Twitter was uh Twitter was on fire, and not just Twitter, you know, YouTube was on fire, and, and Instagram and was on fire.
0: A lot of vitriol coming towards the NAACP. Period. Yeah,
6: out of San Francisco, and you know, I was actually just just to be honest, I was actually quite surprised to see that early last week, and they, and there was there is a corrected or a correction press release out now. I'm not sure if you if you've seen that, where you know they sort of you know. Explain what their position is. So that, I think that's probably you know the yeah, the latest. Make
0: you, will make you clarify.
6: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You know. For yeah. Sure. And I was like I said I was I was surprised to see that and you know just so and that was a statement by the San Francisco NAACP early last week. Again, there was there was a correction put out and in the in the original press release was quoted um Reverend Dr. Amos Brown who is a member of both the San Francisco Reparations Task Force and the California State Reparations Task Force. So as I said before, different cities are doing their own thing too, and the state is doing something for reparations too. And the person who was quoted in the press release that we're talking about is on the city of San Francisco Reparations Task Force and also on the state of California Reparations Task Force. And the press release was about the San Francisco plan, which that, I, I'm gonna be honest with you too and I you know and I've, I've, I've said this publicly also has problems if you ask me there are there are there are problems with the San Francisco plan which I think right now is recommending a bunch of different things one of the things that has caught the attention of the media is the the five million dollar your know, proposed or 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 said to be proposed payment to each quote, Black resident, according to how they define who's eligible. And there are problems, I think, with both of those. Uh, you know, One, there, there are definitely some problems with the eligibility, and I've, I've said this publicly too, it's not a lineage el- eligibility criteria in San, Fran- San Francisco like, this, like the state task force has, based on your descendancy from U.S. slavery. The San Francisco eligibility is different, and that makes it, I think, very, very prob- prob- problematic. Uh, but then the other thing that folks have been talking about is the five million dollar payment. And as far as I can tell, I, you know, I personally, you know, I I, I don't ob- object to any numbers to be to be honest honest with you. But what I want to see in a, in addition is an explanation of how that number was actually created. True. We yeah. have to see how that number is actually created because this is very very serious. The state reparations task force mm-hmm. is going through is, is has been going through a, a, a real serious process of deciding how much like how much is everybody going to get that is not done yet and so I would like to see from San Francisco how they got to the five million dollar thing and I think that is what at least the corrected San Francisco NAAC press release says you know and so I'm I I can understand that more but yeah but when I saw that first press release I didn't you know I, I was definitely surprised to see that and, you know, we'll we'll have some more, you know, some more, some more things to say about it. Last thing I'll say is, you know, wait, 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 uh, before
0: you say your last yep, yep. One, you Want to tackle that question in the chat.
6: Yes. So the question is, how do adoptive people get handled in the mix of reparations? And right now, at least at the state level right now, what we understand is that the task force again will be or most likely will be deferring to the office of genealogy to help sort of define how people who may not have uh access to a lot of great records right and that that so if it's if it's difficult for some of us who are who are not in some of these you know government systems like the foster care system or you know the child welfare system some of our folks gonna have a harder time than time than others And, and so the answer to that question really is stay tuned and the answer in detail will be given by probably the Office of Genealogy when that office is created they will have some rules about you know this is what records you need this is what records you don't need if you're a foster care child this is what you know this is how we're gonna help you more than we help everybody else etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, because there are there are folks who are gonna have more trouble than others you know our folks in the foster care system our folks who are you know as as the as the question is saying folks who were adopted our folks who are unhappy also our folks who went to the criminal justice system. Some people are going to have more difficult time than others. Potentially again, it's about how we design it. We can design it in a way that's supportive for those people. And we can design it in a way that's not supportive for those people. And I'm going to be fighting to design it in a way that's supportive.
0: And so hopefully Jubilee will jump either on the zoom link or come into the office and we can start to hear from her as to how she thinks, um, it should be designed to take into account our our brothers and sisters who went through the adoption process and their adoptions are closed. I, I, for one, have never thought about that. So thank you for raising that Jubilee um, because I think that adds another layer onto what it is that we need to be considering um, and to be considered. So actually she should also go to the um, open town halls on the 30th, the 29th and 30th and put that on public record because I don't know if anybody's thinking about that. So thank you very, very much. And you know what? With that, y'all, we don't run out of time.
3: Blue bar. That That's went crazy. Really that quick. went super fast. <laughs> I'm not going so, so fast. fast.
0: Yeah, that was very informational for me. So, so we need you. to we need to make sure y'all are in the building on Saturday so we can come and we can start to kind of get a better understanding of what mm-hmm. it needs to look like, what mm-hmm. we think it should look like. You know, Chris will be here, right? Chris, you'll be here.
6: Oh yeah. He oh yeah. have him person.
0: we In might feed him. That's right. <laughs>
6: yeah, better, better yeah. feed me. I'm gonna
0: oh, feed, yeah. feed you. <laughs> oh, you, did. you did I'm gonna feed you. i have some salads here oh. for you.
6: Thank <laughs> you, because you know I'm I'm 100 plant based. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm <laughs>
0: Well, in. we'll take some some ideas. We'll we we'll talk to the resident plant-based you be in eater in quinoa. quinoa.
3: You <laughs> mean quinoa burgers?
0: Uh, uh. That's right. <laughs> I uh. That's right. <laughs> so look, um, before we get out of here, the one thing that I want to mention is not only do we have this reparations conversation coming up this weekend from two to four, um, we also are preparing for celebration weekend. Come on, man. Woo-hoo. Like we cannot <sighs> <I'm> like. <"What?" laughs> It, you know, he was a little late on the queue. You know, I'm going to have to start punching at him. Um, but uh, <laughs> Celebration Weekend will be June 23rd through the 25th. We have Shout a whole birthday. weekend plan to celebrate what we call in Dripping in Black Excellence. Yes, because I just came up with that. Um, that's what we going to call it. Okay.
3: <laughs> All right.
0: Since we didn't have a theme, I just or, came or, up off the off the dome. Jalen's birthday um, weekend. And and so Jalen wants y'all to know it's his birthday weekend. Well, man. Congratulations, Jalen. Um, and so we are looking to have a good time. Hopefully, you know, we can bring our people out to celebrate our babies, uh, because it's a big deal. It's a big deal that they can survive this education system in the first place. But to come out and be greeted by community is even better. So we want to make sure we get ready for that so with all that y'all, we're not gonna do the wave individually today we'll just wave and get on out of here because we over time uh so catch us next week 4 30 right here on facebook and youtube and we will keep the distractions to a minimum and we'll try to make sure all our hammer equipment is working in in Uh, in good working order all right so with that peace out we'll see you next week whole mood baby